Okay, Rabbi, so let's see together a beautiful piece from Rapinkis on Parsha's Chayi Sarah. At the beginning of the Parsha, it says that Sarah dies. Avram Avinu comes, Lisbaid Lesarav of Kaisa. Rashi says, Nismacha Misa Sar Why is the Parsha of the Akedah juxtaposed to the Parsha of Misa Sarah, of the death of Sarah? What's the connection between the Akedah and the death of Sarah? So everybody knows what Rashi is going to say, right? Because of the news of the Akedah that Sarah was told by the, uh, the Satan or the Eitzahara or whatever it is that, his, that, his, that your son was put on the Akedah and was about to be shechted, she had like a heart attack. She basically couldn't take what the Satan was saying to her, that it came so close that her son was almost killed, uh, and she, her, her spirit, her soul, left her, and she died. So that's why right after the Parsha of the Akedah, which was at the end of last week's Parsha, we go right into the death of Sarah, because the Akedah, the news about the Akedah, actually caused the death of Sarah. Rupinka says as follows, There are many beautiful, deep, profound lessons that could be gleaned from the Akedah. There's very few uh, parshas in the Torah that have more uh, drushes, more medrashim, more chazalim, more, more rishonim and achrenim than the Akedah. Akedah is like the epicenter of, of, of the Torah, pretty much. It's the highlight of the Torah. And of all of these many, many lessons that could be learned from the Akedah, there's a very important one that we take from this Pasuk, and that is, I love this piece from Epinkas. I think we did it two years ago. It's a classic piece of Epinkas, and it's very, very relevant to each and every one of us. And that is, that when you are talking to other people, when you are talking to other people, you have to be very careful about the words that you choose and the words that you use. Why? How, do, how is that learned from here? So look at the brilliance of Rapinkas. Watch this. That same shliach that came to teach Sarah um, that came, that came to tell the news uh, to Sarah that Yitzchak is still alive, notice the way Chazal say the order of how this Malach or the Satan, whoever it was that came to Sarah to give her this news, look at what he did. Look at what he did. What should he have done? What should he have done? If you were the Malach, a, a good, kind Malach, going to tell Sarah the news that her son was almost shechted, but Baruch Hashem is alive, what would you do? You'd go to her and you'd say, listen, every, first of all, everything is okay. Everything's phenomenal. Good. Everything's in perfect order, right? Now, having said that, I just want to tell you, you know, there was an Akedah, he almost, came, he almost got geshechted, but Baruch Hashem is okay. Everything is fine. That's not what he did, though. That's not what the Malach did. The Malach instead did it the opposite way. So, oh my gosh, did you hear what happened to your son? No. What, what happened to my son? Oh my gosh, nobody told you? 
No. What, what? Oh, you didn't hear about the knife, the uh, the Akedah, the Mizbeach, uh, you know, uh, nothing? You, you, know, you know nothing about Avram taking him to the Akedah. And because he chose to say it in that way, and to be totally insensitive to the order of what he was trying to say, that caused Sari Mena to die. Ubenkach, ubenkach, nivala Sara should parchnish masla, Umesa. She died. You know why she died? Because he started off telling the bad news and she didn't know. She was held like she had to be, uh, you know, waiting to hear the story unfold before she got to the ending that he's alive. That's not how you tell somebody something. First you say every, everything is okay. Everything is okay. Baruch Hashem, Yitzhak's good. Avram's good. No one's, no one's in any, nothing, nothing bad happened. Now you know that. Now I can tell you a little backstory about what happened and whatever. But now it's much easier for Sarah to digest because she knows that it has a happy ending. But if you're just telling it to a person, like un- unveiling piece by piece, and they have no idea where you're going with this, that's the most frightening thing in the world. If anyone has ever uh, gotten a call like that, you know, that is... Um, that is a very, very scary, those few moments until you hear like what the end is are the most frightening things. Now, the truth is this Malach came to give good news. Had he done the right thing, he would have said, listen, like I said, Yitzchak's alive. He's fine, he's breathing, good, healthy. And then you could tell the whole story Shehuva Lakedu is brought to the Akedelman Higla Simcha Shnishbachaim. Then, okay, but you know that it has a happy ending, so now I could rejoice. Oh, good. Yitzhak was almost put in the Akedu, he was willing to be my Sinevich. Avram Avinu did his thing, the 10th Nisayan, and uh, Yitzhak did his thing, and they're fine, but uh, so she would have been exultant from that. Everything would have had a happy ending then. Saruman would not have died at the beginning of this week's parashot. But because he was so insensitive and uncareful, therefore he had to first say the bad news and then and push off and prolong until they got to the good news. And during that interval of time, the neshama of Sarah had flown out of her body Instead of being a good angel, he ended up being an angel for Satan, for the Satan. Now, how is this Nagea for us? Very, very simple. It means we have to be very, very careful, says Rapinkas. This is not an unusual occurrence. This is a every day this happens in one form or another. You're telling your friend something. For example, Is it true? Did you, uh, that, was your son on that trip? Yeah. Did you hear that there was a, the, the, the bus got into a terrible accident? No, I didn't hear that. And then, everyone is good. That's not how you tell something. 
It's not Eitel. That's the worst way to tell somebody. Your son, he's on the bus, an accident. What are you doing? That's just like twisting the knife more and more until you finally say at the end that everything is okay. First, you should start saying, Yeah, it's true. You, you said that everything is in order, but that was too late. Those seconds, those nanoseconds, in between the fact that I told you there was an accident and that everything is okay, the father could have a heart attack from that. It's true. Now, it doesn't, everyone survived. No one, nothing bad happened, right? If there was a stabbing, there was a dagger that you put into the other person's heart, and this person who gave over that news, you might not be the Satan Mamish, but you are from the Chevra of a Satan. There's too many examples to give. Okay, this is this happens all the time, all the time. And some people do it because they want to do it. Then it wasn't like accidental. They wanna sometimes they want to like dramatize something. They want to get the maximum, you know, effect. So they'll say it and they'll like build it up and like you didn't hear about the accident. You didn't, like no 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 what, what, you didn't hear who 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 died. Oh who di- yeah you don't right. if somebody said you ever somebody you know did you hear who, who died? No no who, you didn't hear who told me who died. <laughs> what you know what is the game? What you should be doing is saying everyone is good everyone's good but you know I, there is somebody that died that you know you should probably know but but. If you don't say it in that order and you're like you're playing games, you're teasing it and you're and you're you're prolonging the agony, you could literally kill somebody that way. And even if they don't physically die, you may have like ruptured like some major part of their anatomy in the process and, and, and caused them psychological, you know, damage. And this is something that we do all the time and it happens. I'll tell you when it happens, I just uh um It happens I, I, to me all the time, not all the time, Hashem, but like I get a call and it's like, let's say when my kids were young, I get a call from the elementary school in the middle of the day. You always get scared, right? When your kids, when, when there's an elementary school that calls because you're thinking, okay, you know, somebody pushed your kid down and like they're gushing blood or they're, you know, or they got kicked out of school for saying something bad or that. Well, it could be a million things. So what a good school secretary will do is, Hi, Rabbi Bamberger. How are, you know, this is everything is fine. Every, you know, your kid is fine. Everything is fine. And now I just want you to know that, you know, your, your daughter, you know, was playing uh, dodgeball and she scraped her knee and we put, put a Band-Aid on and everything is good. Just wanted you to know that. That's fine. But that's not how they always, always do it. A lot of times, uh, hi, Rabbi Bamberger, from the office. Um, so, go, you know, one of your daughters was playing ball out and, like, you're thinking teeth, you're thinking, you know, face, you're th- thinking eyeballs, you're thinking uh, fingers, I don't, you know, somebody was, you know, one of your kids was playing ball in the schoolyard, and I, tell me what happened first, tell me that everything is okay. No, I have to like, sp- sp- you know, speak it out like this long, that's Satan, that's a, that's a Misa Satan. And we do it ourselves, I, don't, I can't think of any good examples, but like, 
sometimes I think some of us do it ourselves. We want to get like the maximum juice out of the thing. So you want to like basically hear what happened. Like you enter batch until like, until a person's like, how, tell me. You know, like don't like, like tell me the news first. And if the Satan, if the, the Malach that was telling Sarah this would have done it, everything is fine, Yitzchak is here, here's a picture of Yitzchak, everything's good, then everything would have been manageable. But he didn't say that. He didn't say it in that order, and because of that, Sarimenu died. Sarimenu died. He killed Sarimenu by the fact that he did it out of order. An amazing Yisai from Epinkas. Umaruba Mida Taiba. And says Epinkas that Mida Taiba, if we speak about bad news, when you speak about something good, it's that much more important. If we've proven that a, a bad news at, the, at a certain time could really do such damage, imagine if you tell some good news, it seems like it's not such a big deal. That could, in, that could, instead of killing the person, that could make a person come alive. You're coming home a little late, you're running a little late, there's traffic. And you pick up a phone and you call your wife, call your parents, whatever, and say everything is good, you're going to just be a few minutes late. I call mine mikrim kitanim shalaschashvas. Showing that you're sensitive, showing that you're being mash of the other person, with frat chashev hadaver especially for parents, so if you know that you're going to be coming home late and your parents are waiting up for you, so it behooves you to, to call in advance and to, uh, and to let them know that you're coming home late so they don't have to worry. They can go to bed or whatever, but sometimes we don't do that, right? We don't, we're, we're not. I remember when I was uh, learning in, uh, in high school, so I lived in, uh, in Long Beach, and I went to Long Beach Yeshiva. And Long Beach Yeshiva was uh, 99% of the guys there dormed. I slept at home. Friday night, I was learning in the base medrash, and I wanted to stay, you know, all the guys were staying up late learning Friday night. I also wanted to stay up late learning. And, and you know, very often, like, there would be a guy tapping me on the shoulder, like, half an hour into, say, there. Bamberger, your mother's downstairs. She wants to know where you are. You know, so I had to go downstairs. My everything is, no, it's late. You should come home now, whatever. She's a Jewish mother. She, she loves me. But, you know, it wasn't sense to me. I should have told her beforehand that I'm coming home, you know, at this and this time. And, uh, but as parents, they deserve to know these things. And if you're, if you're going to, you know, it, it's, it's very hurtful. It's very hurtful. Sometimes... Uh, you know, there's so many ways that we have to be more sensitive about, you know, about telling people things uh, in the right time. You know, if, you, if you're not supposed to, if you're, avoid, if you're supposed to avoid telling somebody bad news, certainly you should try to tell somebody good news. And, if, uh, and, and to give people good reports, if, you know, to tell people about their children that, you know, you know, your child's really learning well, or, or you know, he did this chesed, he did this mitzvah, he did this. Uh, those are all things that when you time something in the right way, then it's that much more powerful. Let's learn this lesson from our first 
the matriarch, Sari Menu, she died because she heard bad news about her son. And because of that, we have to be especially vigilant to always give over good news to parents because you see what bad news to parents does. You have to give over good news to parents. Between man and his wife, between a person and his friend. Also, you have to always say good things about people. I always say it doesn't cost any money to give a compliment. It doesn't cost any money. It's free. So if you see, let's say you're, you know, uh, let's say you, I don't know, you're learning in yeshiva and your friend, your friend's father is here for the day, okay, and he's a good friend of yours. So go over to the guy's father and say your son is amazing. He's a masmid. He's geshmak. You should get tons of nachas. And does that cost any money? It doesn't cost any money. It's free. But you know what you did? You you basically gave that father nachas. Now he feels good about himself. He feels good about his kids. Now the son is going to get extra love from the father. It's going to be bringing them together closer. All because he said the right thing at the right time. When you say the wrong thing at the wrong time, terrible. When you say the right thing at the right time, there's nothing better than that. Umatzina batayra shalavasar taiv humanatchuna shal ishtayv kumesh amar david vayayimer hamelach ishtayv zeh so, to give over something good is something that earns you the title of Ishtayv. You're a good man if you give over good tidings. If you're a person that gives over bad tidings, there's always people that do that. There are people that are always very positive. There are people that are very negative. People that are always saying neg- everything is negative, always like complaint. It's freezing here, and this the bagel is hard, and the you know and the, the floors are dirty, and the, this is that, and you know and the, the the service is too slow, and the you know and, and and always complaining, always being you know grumpy. A good person. What's a good man? An ish type is somebody that's mevaser type. You give over good news. You, say, you, you tell people you're learning really well, you look really good, love that suit, love that tie, great shave, great haircut. doesn't cost anything. But you're a positive person because you're, you know, you're, you're giving over good news, you're giving over good tidings, good feelings, good vibes. And this is such an important lesson in life, how to control what we say, how to say the right things at the right time, and if we can master this when we're young, then when we get married, it's so important always to be able to, in order to ensure the Avshalom Bayis, it's 99% of, that, of it is the way you speak. It's the way you speak. If you speak nicely to your wife and you say to her, wow, you know, this supper was delicious and you look so pretty, I love that dress on you and you're working so hard and you made such a beautiful yanta. If you're constantly la- lavishing praise, you're, you're, you're fine. Your marriage is going to be perfect. Not perfect, if possible. But there are people that they're always critical. You know, you really like, you know, you like this music. You know, you thought that that dress that you bought, like, was it on sale? Like, I hope it was on sale because it's like, really, like, you know. And like, you know, like, what do you gain from that? Why do you have to do that? Why do you have to put somebody down? Once in a while, you know, it's inevitable. We, we can't always be perfect. Sometimes, you know, you say something and you regret it. But, but to have a constant, you know, attitude of, you know, a lot of times the, the wife is the one that's guilty. A lot of times the husband tries his best and the wife is everything, you know, 
where were you? I was waiting for you. And it's always, you know, you're not doing this enough, you're not doing that enough, you're not, you never do this, you never do that. And like, both people, the husband and the wife, have to work on this, on giving over just positivity, good vibes, and then in your family to create those good vibes and to always care about everybody. And, to, and, and these are things that, are, that make us, you know, that's our legacy. At the end of our life, they're going to, they're going to judge us based on how sensitive we were, how sweet we were, how kind we were, and, and the degree by which we were able to utilize the power of words and the power of speech to be able to uplift people and not pull them down. Rav Huttner, used to always um, say how important it is to be sensitive to the person that you're talking to. What does that mean? Rav Huttner said that when he was in Slabotki Yeshiva, the Mashkiach, Rav Ram Gerdzensky, uh, and him were talking once. And Rav Huttner was talking, was trying to illustrate something that he, was, he wanted to tell him. And he basically was using a muscle of somebody that had a limp. The Mashkiach stopped young Rav Huttner and said that when you're talking to somebody who has a limp, you don't use a muscle about somebody that has a limp. Rav Avram Grzynski had a very pronounced limp. The story goes that... Um, he was, he was Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky's brother-in-law, Rabbi Ram Gudzinski. He was killed by the Nazis. But he had a limp. I don't know how he got it. But he was read to Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky's wife's sister. And, and the sister did not want to go out with him. This, this girl that was proposed did not want to go out because of the limp. She said, no, he has a limp. I don't want to. He was very good-looking. Rabbi Ram Gudzinski, you see pictures. He has a beautiful face. Just had a limp. So I don't want to go out with a man with a limp. That same day that she said no to that shidduch, she was walking down to the cellar of her house and she tripped and she broke her leg. And, you know, you don't need to have your miyah navi come and tell you, you know, what the midah kenege midah is of that. She obviously put two and two together and she realized that because she said that she didn't want to go out with a guy because he has a limp, Sakashvachu broke her leg. So and then she ended up she healed and then she got married to him. But so but but this Ram Gudzinski had a limp and Rav Hutner, I don't know what his cheshman was, but he basically was talking and he maybe he forgot that he had a limp, but maybe he never noticed that he had a limp. But Ram Gudzinski reminded him, and it's something that's very important for us, that when you're talking to somebody that has a certain issue you have to be very careful that you don't bring up that issue. And there's a million different examples of this, and I think we all sometimes do it, but it's important when you're speaking to somebody that you have to really be sensitive to who you're speaking to and, and to not embarrass that person, even though you don't mean to, but you have to like filter your mouth much more than you filter your internet, more than you filter your water, your sinks, you have to filter your mouth because a lot of times you say something and it's very, very hurtful. Very hurtful. Um, 
I'll give you a, I'll give you an example of how careful you have to be. Um, I was once giving a shmooze many, many, many years ago, maybe 18, 19 years ago, perhaps, in Yeshiva. And so I, um, I was talking about the famous tshuva of the Neid Behuda. Neid Behuda is a tshuva about a, whether hunting is mutter or aser. So mutter for a Jew, to, 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 for a Jew to, to go hunting as a sport. It's a big sport to hunt. It's enjoyable, I can imagine. You probably, you know, instead of they didn't have video games then to, to to use your guns to kill people, so they actually had real guns and they went and they killed. So there was a guy, a very wealthy man. He writes a a, a shiloh to the night Buddha, and he says, "I have very big fields. I have very big big mansion with like I don't know hundred acres of land, and uh, and it's filled with like wild animals. And I want to go and I want to hunt. Is it mutterasim?" So what would you guys say? What would you pass if you don't be with that? Mutter? So he basically says it's mutter. He says that, you, he says, well, you're going to say it's Sar Balechayim. He says, no, he, says, he proves that there's no Sar Balechayim if, if the animal dies, not an issue of Sar Balechayim. And then, and Baltasha is not Baltasha, you could use the hides or whatever. All the Cheshwe, goes through all the Cheshwe, he says, not a problem. There's only one problem, he says, that it's not a Jewish thing to do. It's not a Jewish thing. Jews don't go hunting. That's for Gayim. He says that's for Nimrod. Nimrod was a hunter. Asa was a hunter. Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov were shepherds. They, were, they weren't hunters. That's not a Jewish thing to do. No, that's a, it's a very big chish that I'd read there, right? It seems like, because technically, halachically, it's fine. So it's, it's mutter, no? The answer is there are certain things that you're, you might be within the letter of the law, but you're not within the spirit of the law. It's not something that, that's appropriate for us to do. There might be, sometimes there are things that, you know, on a technicality, what, what did I do wrong? I didn't do anything wrong. Maybe you didn't do anything wrong, but there's something not Jewish about it. Something not Jewish about it. Anyway, I was giving a speech, of, uh, a shmooze about that, and I thought that that was, that was a great shmooze. Everyone was very happy. I thought there was a guy that came over to me at the end of the shmooze, uh, he was sitting in the back of the base madrash, and he, he says, Rabbi, I want you to know it was very insulting. The shmooze that you gave to me was very insulting. I said, insulting? I, I, I couldn't remember. Like, what, what could I have said to insult you? Like, what? He says, because my family goes hunting, and everybody knows in yeshiva, all my friends know that I go hunting, and you say that it's not a Jewish thing to do. And, like... I would never think in a million years that anyone in yeshiva goes hunting and his family goes hunting and whatever. So I, I didn't, you know, but you see, I, I hurt the guy. On my side, I was, it was, I'm not saying I, I would, you know, that I did something wrong, but inadvertently I did. And, you know, and that's when you have a room full of people that you see, I see everybody in this room, right? So I'm not saying I know every little thing about you, that everything that I say, could, but, you know, I, at least I, I see Baruch Hashem. But then, you know, whatever I'm saying tonight is going out on, uh, you know, a Torah anytime, and it's going to my podcast, Great Jewish Podcast, and, and it's going to Lander Torah app or whatever. So there could be, like, maybe three people that are going to listen to it that it's not, that's not in this year. Just kidding, 3,000. Um, but... You know, and and I don't know who those people are, so I have to be very careful. It's a very big achrayas that when I say something, I have to be careful that I'm not insulting somebody inadvertently. So you know, 
I'm not going to start using examples, but you could you, you understand there are people that you know that are that have many different types of challenges, many issues with on on every level, and you have to be careful. Like sometimes people make jokes; they're very insensitive. So you're making it in a room full of people, and you know everyone in the room. Okay, maybe, but like if you're saying it and it's going out there, and, or you're giving a you're in a, a guest in a in a community, and you're speaking in front of a few hundred people, and you have no idea who these people are in the room, and you're you're joking about something that people are are very sensitive to, it's a problem. Rip Dessler once said that he um, he was once giving a speech a, a schmooze to a big crowd of people. And he was saying, like, I, what's going to be with me if I don't learn Tyre? If I, he says, I'm going to be a, a knepfelmacher. I'm going to become a button maker. A button maker is like a little, you know, very, you know, not fancy type of profession, right? It's, not, it's making buttons. So that's why he used the muscle. He was just trying to illustrate, like, what's going to be with me? If I don't learn, I'm going to be a button maker. Afterwards, guess what happened? Guy comes over to me, Rabbi Dessler, you insulted me. How did I insult you? I'm a button maker. What are the chances there's going to be a button maker in this room? Probably next to zero, but it doesn't matter. You and, you and, insult, and he felt bad about Rabbi Dessler. And the point is that we have to be extremely, extremely careful and sensitive to what we say and to whom we say it and the way we say things. And, so, and very often we're guilty of being grossly negligent with what we say. It's the timing that we say it, the way we say it, the way we unroll it, like the Satan unrolled it with Chava, Ekelder, we have to be positive and we have to make sure that the content that we say and the, the way that we say it and the timing that we say it, all of that has to be really meticulously thought out before we open up our mouths because once we open up our mouths, then we're causing damage to other people, we hurt people, we, we, we insult people. People are very sensitive. We know we're sensitive, right? So if we're sensitive, that means that other people are sensitive also. And so if you're dealing with people that are sensitive, you have to be so careful that what goes out of your mouth is not going to be harmful. It's much better to wait or either, either not say anything at all or just think through what you're saying. Some, sometimes... I shoot my mouth off too quickly, and not very often, Baruch Hashem, but like, sometimes as I'm saying something, does anyone ever have that? Like, as you're saying something to somebody, all of a sudden, you realize, wait a minute, you're saying to this person that? Like, is that normal? Like, how could you say that to this person, you know? And then you just have to, like, sort of fump for your way out of it. But, you know, it, it, it really behooves us to try to, to try to think really long and hard before we say anything, because... It's much, there's a saying, an expression that goes, it's better, it's better to be quiet and for people to think that you're a fool than to open up your mouth and have people know it, know that you're a fool. So then we say things, and we think, you know, sometimes you're sitting at a Shabbos table, there's a lot of guests or whatever, and, and, uh, and you're quiet, you don't, want, you don't contribute. So what do they say? Hey, what's wrong? You know, like, you know, so what do you? Do? So then you have to compensate. You have to start saying things, and then you say things, and they're hurtful. And there's, and then it's better to. It's much better to be quiet than to talk. And if you're talking, you have to make sure that what you're, what's coming out of your mouth, is sensitive and sensible, and it's and it's nice and it's fine and it's not going to hurt somebody. And that's why Hakadosh Baruch Hu gave us the Kaya Hadibar, and Mitzvah Hashem, we should always use it for the best.